0: Welcome to Sitcom Geeks, I'm James Carey and as we get closer towards Christmas, our thoughts begin to turn to the sacred texts which, if you're a comedy writer, are the stories around Morcam and Wise, who essentially were Christmas for a large part of the 1970s and beyond for lots of people in the UK. In the summer at the Craft of Comedy Festival in Llandudno, I spoke to Neil Forsyth about his TV special Eric, Ernie and Me, about the role of comedy writer Eddie Braben, who arguably turned Morkham and Wise from stars into superstars. Here we go. So, um, it'd be worth just asking first, how did this project come about? So this is, a, this, is a, this is a comedy drama, but I would say comedy, about Eddie Braben sort of, kind of really helping Eric and Ernie out of a bit of a hole, yeah. uh, if you saw what I mean, or just taking them on to the next uh, level. Uh, how did this come about? Did you come up with the idea? Were you approached to write
1: it? How did it work? No, it came about um, through my usual festive periods, uh, part of the festive period where I start to panic and think I've not got enough ideas to get me through the next year. Right. At which point I usually start spending a huge amount of time on Wikipedia and ordering a huge amount of second hand books from Amazon. Um, one of them was Eddie Braben's memoirs. So um, it was uh, the book I wrote, which I greatly recommend. It's, I'm sure a lot of you will have read it. Um, it's just very funny, it was um, obviously very funny, but, but but in less obvious ways and that Eddie would often, he would just describe things that were just so obviously scenes. You know, mm. the first time he met Eric and Ernie, that'd be a sort of four page scene that he would just describe yeah. in the book in this very visual manner and very funny manner. And, and there was just moments like that throughout it. And I thought, what an interesting story on its own rights and what a, a slightly more pragmatic sense yeah. what an int- a, a, a useful way to look at Markham and Wise and even more pragmatically a show that the BBC might be interested in yeah because um, they obviously have all the material um so so I mean it was Eddie's entire memoirs but the kind of section that we that I thought the n- natural parameters were whereas were Markham and Wise years he got brought in in 1969 when Eric had had his first heart attack and during his convalescence they lost um, their original writers uh hills and green um moved on it didn't look like eric would potentially work again and there was certainly a serious question mark over them continuing and then he got better and uh, bill cotton at the bbc put them together with with eddie um and it's from there to the 1978 christmas show the kind of famous last one at the bbc
0: so uh when were you so you you had this idea what did you do? You wrote a treatment? You wrote a thing? You found somebody? How did it work? Yes, yeah, so
1: I went to meet Ben Farrell, the producer, in January, and I was just reading the book on the train on the way in and just chatting to him about it in the meeting. He'd read it a few years previously, and we both sort of immediately thought, that well, this is, this is a really interesting way to look at Markham Wise's story and set it against Eddie Braben, who, within the comedy world, would be very famous, but in terms of the general public, you know, a lot of the public, frankly, wouldn't think they had a writer at all, let alone mm. be able to name him. Um, So we just both immediately thought that there there was something in this, pitched it to the BBC, they commissioned a treatment. Sorry,
0: so when were you pitching that at the BBC? Was it at a time when, I seem to remember relatively recently, they said, we specifically don't want any comedies or comedy dramas about comedians, or because they, they did quite a few, yeah. And then I remember pitching one about Benny Hill, who I think would be very interesting because yeah. he was a very strange think, man. I think they're making one about it, I'm sure they are, yeah, yes. An American so American I think I, I, not the BBC, I yeah, think yeah, that's statistically <laughs> yeah. very likely to be doing that. Um, um, so I pitched one and I remember thinking, oh, they're not doing those now, and then I heard they were, no. and then I heard they weren't, and actually ultimately, no, they have do it if they want to do it,
1: yeah. No, this, <laughs> I think, I think, I think the last one they did was, uh. I don't know. Was it the Hattie Jack one? Maybe I can't. Okay. quite I can't quite remember. It was on Dave Allen, no. Yeah, yeah it's just on Dave Allen. So that was it. that was in, in, in kind of in in process already, but they, this wasn't. I don't think this was seen as necessarily an extension of that strand. I think because hmm. because originally this was going to be on BBC One, so I think it was a very separate right. thing, and it was much more about building it into the Christmas programming than an extension of those biopics. Yeah. Um, and then we slipped from one to four along along the way, sort of thing.
0: Why? Uh, why oh. was this it should have been on BBC One he's a huge star they it's, a, it's had... a really funny show about really famous people played by really good comedy actors uh,
1: <laughs> what? I, I wouldn't entirely disagree with you but, yeah. I think, I th- but I have to say I think that being on BBC Four actually let us <coughs> make the best version of the show okay. if I'm honest I think editorially it's a lighter touch I think you don't have to do certain things which you might have to do on BBC One yeah. I think casting you've probably got a little bit more leeway um, and I think for me, as, as the writer, what was interesting was my, my. I wrote the first draft when it was going to be a on BBC One, right. And then, it then we got the news. Sort of good news, bad news. It's looking positive, but it's going to be a BBC Four, and there's obviously quite a significant budgetary yeah um, result of that. Um, but yes, I find sorry, that
0: cancel the Maserati. Yeah, well, yes. that, yeah, <laughs> we
1: won't be recreating the Previn sketch, which was sort of the first. But but I honestly think creatively it was really useful. It was a really nice pressure to yeah. have for me because I just took the script and stripped out any of the bells and whistles and you know the first draft mm-hmm. I did have little snatches of recreated some of the famous scenes which was stupid really because I mean why would you try and recreate them it, you know you're you're only going to do a worse job and you're going to spend three days on the set everyone sat around yeah. iPads trying to work out where everyone's arms were and things you know <laughs> so I immediately took out all that stuff and it definitely made it better mm-hmm. it became much more stripped back and it was much more about dressing rooms and corridors. It just felt focused. Didn't yeah, it? exactly. It, it yeah, really it's more of a character study. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, brilliant. So how so roughly how long was this process taking? Very quick for TV. I mean, it
1: was it was last January that I met Ben. <laughs> right. Got the treatment commission. The treatment. I because I hadn't written drama before in terms of scripts. I <clears throat> rather than do sort of traditional treatment thing. I, I just took that money and wrote a full outline of the hour. Right. So a proper big sort of ten-page outline because I wanted to show that I w- I saw this as a drama yeah and I you know I could hopefully do it as a drama um and I just show what the story was mm. so there was lines in there here and there but it wasn't a funny document so, it was just showing that this was much more than just yeah. recreating the moments from working with yeah. so so I did that and then I got the script commission and then yeah as I say I wrote the first draft when it was still geared towards BBC One and then it was it moved to BBC Four but stayed on yeah. the on the track was it
0: always sixty minutes.
1: Yeah, it felt like it could have gone longer. It could easily been seventy-five. Yeah, it was definitely a challenge, <clears throat> but you know, again, maybe not a bad challenge to have to, to condense it. I mean, yeah. it's BBCR is a long old, it's a long old script, you know. And um, you know, I, I watched a few of them, <coughs> the old, the, the, you know, that they've probably done about yeah. a dozen of them now. And a lot traditionally, historically, it would have been ninety minutes. That's just what that slot was, yeah. and then budget pressures and things. But I don't know, a couple of them I thought the ninety minutes thought you could you could have probably tightened it a little bit yeah. and, and paced it up but yeah
0: yeah interesting um <clears throat> well, why don't we look at a clip yes that would be fun wouldn't it um so what's S- the first So clip? the
1: first one um i thought i'd show a clip with it being a writing conference that have tried to do the clips that are more about the writing and the first one is that kind of formative period where he was eddie was working with markham and wise really trying to kind of hammer their voice before before um uh, Eddie they were obviously successful and they had the ITV show and so on but it was it was a much more traditional Sort of two-hander. Ernie was very much the straight man didn't have much to do and it was just uh, Eddie just trying to find that voice trying to find the chemistry between them Biggest thing was he was trying to get the chemistry he saw from them off screen
0: yeah. just
1: in social situations into their kind of relationship on screen and uh, And how the, the, the dynamics should work within them. So this is him sort of working out all you've missed is them being put together Mark & Wise losing the writer, Eddie falling out with, Ken Dodds, uh, if you can believe it, over money. Um lot <laughs> being recorded, so... What, yeah, sing, yeah. Man <laughs> of the people, man yes. of the people. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so, um, and being available and coming together, so that's... Yeah, uh, great, let's have a look. This is him presenting his work for the I'll first get out time. Of <laughs>
0: There are so many things to talk about there, aren't there? I mean, firstly, um, well, uh, one of the things I'm gonna, I'd i love to. F- firstly, it's really interesting how the reaction to a line is interesting and funnier often than the line itself, you know, and that sort of stuff. But firstly, what is. To what extent did that happen? And to what extent did you feel bound to really tell the truth? And what about the actual kind of compressing of information and telling the story in a. In a, you know, in, a, in a way that has the rhythm of a comedy and all that kind of stuff.
1: I think just as long as you're dealing with the essence of truth, which we definitely were there, and yeah. Eddie talks specifically about that realisation that um, Eric can knock him but no one else. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that was definitely a switch that Eddie made in the writing and a conversation that three of them had with, with John Ammons, the producer. Mm. So I think layering that, what I just thought, is there a way to layer that on? And it's asking so much of the actors the same... The same sketch and mm. playing that with that realization in the middle, and really, it's a testament to the acting that you know that could that could have gone horribly wrong that scene if, if the yeah. second version was equally <laughs> equally as funny as the first, you yeah. kind of lose the whole effect of it. But just seeing that warmth start to install itself and see that protectiveness from Eric, yeah, um, and it's very well documented that was definitely an element that, that yeah, in,
0: in, yeah. Um, so as you were. Um, uh, to what extent were you given the blessing of the Braben you know, family and all that kind of stuff in terms of
1: yeah, very significantly and, and by by demands really of the, of the BBC right. we couldn't really have gone forward if we didn't have the Braben support yeah. so it was pretty it was a bit of a high wire act really because didn't really want to go to them too early just with this slightly nebulous thing of wanting to look at eddie's life yeah. because i think that it's easy for people then to think of the worst case scenario so mm. i thought well let's go with the go with the script ben and i agreed so i wrote the um we wrote the script and then ben and i and she she's gutted she can't be here she just lives along at pithwelly which <laughs> is only about <laughs> half bad. an hour away or something yeah, yeah. And so we went up with a script ben has spoken to her phone and her at all so she knew why. d d knew why we were coming and um came up gave gave her the script and then went for a two-hour walk, Ben and I, along the beach in Pithwellia and it's pretty nerve-wracking because it's a sort of yes-no really Um, and it was was a very similar long sandy beach like that and and, and we just kind of walked up and down in the wind, (laughs) growing increasingly delirious. I remember Dee had this lovely house with a big balcony at the top overlooking the beach and I was I kept imagining we'd turn around and she'd just be systematically ripping the page, page at a time of the <laughs> script and scattering them over the beach from this spot. We could just head home. <laughs> but she, um, she, we went back after two hours and, and she said, you know, "I like it. I've got some thoughts." Yeah. And, and, and you know that was about as good as we, yeah. we could have hoped That's for. That's really but good. But they were brilliant after that, and yeah. the and, and the Brabans and Deanna and her daughters and they, they read each draft and and chipped in a lot of. A lot of material, which yeah. which I then worked in, just yeah. that colour and kind of validity to the family life and things. Yeah. Um,
0: oh man, oh, my brain is log jammed now with questions about uh, about all this stuff. I mean, because that's one thing
1: I think the show
0: not only does well in terms of you know it's, it shows us how a writer can make something good great. In yeah. terms of it's like you know Morgan Wise had a perfectly serviceable career. Yeah. And they could have been Cannon and Ball. Yes. Who were good. Yeah. But actually they were great, you know what I mean? And it was a writer, really, who, who unlocked that magic. Um, what sort of lessons, as you were reading about Braben and what writing can do, were you changed as a writer by, by what you were writing, other than, I've got to get this done by then, so, you know what I mean, in terms of drafts? I think, and- I
1: think the biggest thing that he, he did was was to um, put in the relationship mm. between them. And I think that it's recognising that... with a, two characters, there's three things you should be thinking about, is the individual characters and then the relationship. Yeah. And and he probably elevated the relationship part of their
0: hmm. show,
1: I'd say. And that's kind of what made the difference, I think, for, yeah. for them. Um but I thought is is uh it, it was it was really interesting. I mean I think I, I found Eddie's story heroic, you know, in lots of ways. But I think what I found particularly heroic about it was he hated writing, Eddie Braben. Like I, think I'm quite fortunate. that I'm a writer. Who quite enjoys writing right. largely. Yeah. But he he hated it. Yeah. And then he got to write for his favourite television show in the world. Yeah. And he hated it even more.
0: Yeah. At
1: that point, because then he felt this enormous pressure. Yeah. On top of just not liking writing, yeah. you know. So so. And then the pressure went even
0: higher when. Basically, it was you could ruin Britain's Christmas if this show. Sticks. Yeah,
1: it was, people were and Eddie said that in interviews. People were judging their Christmas by how much they enjoyed the show, and I would tell them yeah. that from about May. Yeah, you know, so he was. Uh, he he definitely, yeah. The more successful got, the more pressure they got. He, he also just physically did a huge amount of work. He, you know, they, they did have other writers, Barry yeah. Cryer, and John Junkin, and, and lots, of, you know, lots of others. But Eddie did the, the vast amount of the. Yeah of the heavy lifting and 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 it was you know these were long shows i mean they were um i think they were 50 minutes i think yeah. the the, the, sh- the shows um and and sketch writing yeah. so you know you're you're overwriting yeah. very significantly yeah. so the the volume of work he was doing was
0: and as you were, and as you look back on those christmas specials because we we they, they they get so chopped up and kind of and then sort of served up in clip shows and stuff because they you know they've been clip-showed to death you sometimes if you see an original you know, 1974 Christmas special or something, you see this amazing show-stopping sketch and you realise well, that wasn't even the, the show-stopper. There was another, you know there what I mean? There so much there. Yeah. And the
1: long, I mean, the sketches yeah. were long. And you do they do feel long. I mean, it's, that's just a t- sort of generational thing in terms yeah. of, of comedy and writing with pace because somebody's sketch sketches going for like eight or nine minutes. Yeah, uh, well, know. it's like, I mean, we were talking, in fact,
0: fr- possibly in this room the other day with Hayley McKenzie yesterday about the Four Candles to Ronnie sketch. Yeah.
1: Do you know how long that sketch is? No, it's about seven minutes. Yeah, well, that's short for Markham Wise. Yeah, I mean, there's some some of Markham Wise yeah. sketches. Yeah, they wander about. And yeah, then, and they're in, very much in keeping with the show and the voices. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, now that show would be yeah, brutally kind of trimmed down, not necessarily for the better. But no, yeah.
0: well, no, that is true. Um, <coughs> was there any were there any bits in the research as you were going through and reading the book and then talking to the family that really did surprise you that maybe changed your view of? Of, of that sort of stuff, or was it a fairly straightforward voyage of discovery? Or
1: What, what I find interesting was how little has actually changed in how TV's made. You okay. Know, the, the said Clip, which we'll show in a minute, it, you know, he was getting driven mad by notes. You know, he it was up to the wire for getting things made. There was... Um, I, I, I got all the access to the kind of archive at the BBC, and I got the not only the original scripts, mm. but the... the um, the kind of schedule of the day and, oh, and the, wow, the kind okay. of producer's notes and things. All and this
0: stuff exists somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. As far I mean, it's they've fantastic. wiped episodes of Dad's Army, but they kept the paperwork. Oh, yeah, kept the <laughs> admin. It's <Yeah. laughs> yeah. classic BBC, isn't it? Ad, ad, well well done, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh no, we reused the cassette,
1: the videos, yeah. Uh, yeah. the admi- admin safe. That's the going to do. But it was. Uh, yeah. But but no, I, I think he was. Um, he, he was. Just, it's just a very contemporary story, really. Yeah. Just in the,
0: well, I tell you what. Let's look at another clip, yeah. um, and uh, then we'll have a few more questions, and maybe open it for questions. And okay. if we've got time, we'll do the third clip as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's no pressure, I'm sure people way. have got their questions.
1: So, uh, so what's what's the second clip? Let's show this, uh, Let's show the second one, which is he. He's had his first breakdown, and he's coming. He's he's come back. Um, and one of the one of the things with, with Eddie when he came back was again, it was the sheer volume of the work. And Ammons left, and Ernest Maxine came in. And what Maxine really pushed was the big musical numbers, mm. and that was, um, you know, an absolute delight for Eddie because it was just less that he had to write. So, <laughs> so we'll show the arrival of Maxine and how that yeah. kind of shifted things through to the second, well, his second sort of breakdown. Brilliant, second breakdown. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think I've ever seen better writing about writing. Um, it's because writing is almost because the only time you ever see uh, a writer persona person, you know, writing in a in a, in a screenplay about writing, they're always at a typewriter, and then there's it's going really well, and there's a race paper and stuff yeah. so that vehicle of the looking at the tv drawn on the wall and stuff that's just brilliant I mean how did you
1: thank you very much and it's in Eddie's book
0: so oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could
1: take I wish I could take a lot more credit than yeah. I can but yeah. he 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 drew a, he drew he drew a... a tv on, on the wall of his office when he was really stuck and he said he particularly the you know the Augie sketch with the big the huge puppet the oversized mm. puppet um he said he got that from, yeah. from that thing. So again, that was something where you, you, know, you read his book and you think, yeah. oh, that's just clearly, yeah. clearly a scene. And, um, and I had it, and again, I have to give away a little bit more credit again, unfortunately, because I, I had it in the script a couple of times, and it was Ben uh, Farrell, the producer, who said you mm. should just use that yeah. across the whole show because, it, as you said, it's, it's a way to get out of just writer and writer yeah. typewriter. Yeah, so. Thinking. So thank yeah. you very much. Uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But also
0: what's what's great... So a couple of things. I mean, one is the um, sort of the play-like quality, especially of the Eric and Ernie scene where they're having an argument. We'll come back to that in a sec. Um, but the question uh, before that um, is... Oh, man, I can't... There's so many questions. Well, one is, you know, I think writers do feel that, that his breakdown... Does is a heightened version of what writers do feel. Yes. And I watched, so I watched that uh, when it came out. I watched it with my wife. Um, and my wife watched it and just sort of just thought, oh, right, yeah, that's what it's like being married to a writer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she really did feel that. Um, I mean, is that, did you identify much with that experience as well?
1: I mean, you've, yeah. you you sort of were able to pour that in. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it had lots and lots of developments and some better than others. Yeah. And there's definitely some where you, yeah you know you you kind of send off the script yeah. and immediately feel nauseous about the next conversation you're gonna have yeah. to have and 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 and, and, and multiple occasions yeah. and, uh but it was uh it was a it was a that's a kind of co- condensing of mm. the tr- you know the journey Eddie went on in the journey a lot of writers mm-hmm. go on and obviously height as yeah. you say it was slightly heightened reality i mean the first breakdown was that we did this Dan's the director did a beautiful montage where it was john Ammons calling um the boys just feel. That's how. That's how uh, and, yeah. and Eddie said that. Eddie said it would just, it just his stomach would sink. But he had these. He just yeah. was always in Liverpool, and he'd get the phone call from London. And it would be, hello, Eddie. Yeah, the boys just feel, and then he would just know that it was uh, going to yeah. be a long call, and yeah. uh, he'd be back to back to yeah. the beginning. The, so, and we now have the. You know,
0: we now live in a the world. There, are, there is an email version of that. Where you know an email arrives and you know yeah. that say the boys just feel well you
1: just scan at the size of the email before you read any of it and then yes that's right you <laughs> or just got an with... attachment then again, yeah yeah that's but... right yeah no <laughs> um, yes, but no he, he he I think you know the, the the breakdown thing was obviously something in writing it you have to be very careful and obviously talk to the mm. family about it. and I, I think it, it was really exhaustion I think mm. but um, both in terms of that and actually the Eric and Ernie kind of argument scene yeah. The challenges there were, you know, there needs to be some conflict in the show, and there's no baddies, there's no natural baddies. Yeah. So the baddies was we sort of we want them all to succeed. Yeah, you know, it's- and you know they're they're all they're all very they were nice blokes, and it, so the baddie was sort of the pressure really. Yeah, um, and it was how to show that while well, making sure you weren't you know you still had that kind of essence of yeah. truth. And what I battled there against was the sort of uh, first of all Eric and Ernie had a sort of rule that they never ever talk negatively. Or ever argued in front of other people right. ever. Right. So you know you didn't have these sort of other people's autobiographies where they would talk about yeah. some big kind of humdinger yeah. of an, an argument they could play with, and the, and also a generational thing that that just wasn't really done in yeah. terms of their memoirs at the time. Their contemporary memoirs. They weren't you know it, it wasn't sort of gossipy or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it yeah. was a sort of celebration of their journey. Yes. It wasn't a set the record yeah, straight. Finally, so, so, get my say. So, but yeah. the one thing, you start cross-referencing little scraps. That time where Eric and Ernie tried and, and not entirely failed but sort of failed to break America, um, it was clearly an area of, of kind of tension. Mm. Ernie was always driven by Hollywood. I think one of his books was some, still still heading for Hollywood. Or something. Right. I can't quite remember the title. But um, whereas Eric was very much just a British, arguably English yeah. uh, comedian. Um, sort of end, of, end of the period almost. Yeah, very much. He wouldn't
0: aspire to no, a season at Blackpool. You no, know? in a celebrated yeah. way.
1: That's, that's what he yeah. aimed for and, and that's what he loved doing. And, um, and, and anyway, in Ernie's book, the one sentence that has any element of tension. So he talks about America and then at the end he just says, um, It's the one time I grew a little impatient with Eric and that's it and, the, and, and you know and the power of that sentence yeah. in such a relentlessly positive boot. yeah it's like god the subtext of that yeah that's right so that you yeah. know extrapolated from that
0: Hope you're enjoying this interview with Neil. We're very grateful to him and to Steve Doherty who runs the Craft of Comedy Conference and has allowed us to make this session available to those who are unable to make it to sunny Llandudno in North Wales where this conference takes place. Do get along next year if you can. It's really quite something. Of course, Patreon subscribers have had access to this interview for some time and enjoy lots of other bonus content, including the prospect of a forthcoming series Dave and I are doing in which we create a sitcom before your very ears in what we're calling sitcom soup to nuts. We also do Patreon-only podcasts, including ones about the first 10 pages of your script. If you want to make use of that, you can send us the first 10 pages of your script. If you're a Patreon subscriber, we'll have a look at it and do a little podcast for just for pod- Patreon only subscribers. Um, have a look at our Patreon page for more information, and you can find us on Twitter at SitcomGeeks and also on Facebook. We've not made it to Instagram yet, partly because Dave and I are not seventeen. And don't forget, Dave's new book, *The Complete Comedy Writer*, is out now in ebook form, and the paperback version is not far behind go and check out his website at davecohen.org.uk Davecohen.org.uk, and you can also find there information about various comedy courses that he is running that I know will be excellent. The update from my end is that I've got a book coming out on Blue Monday in January called The Sacred Art of Joking. If you're in the UK, you can pre-order a signed copy from me personally. If you want to go to my website, jamescarey.co.uk, carry is spelled C-A-R-Y, there's no E in Cary, jamescary.co.uk, and follow the link to The Sacred Art of Joking, or you can, of course, find it in the other usual places. Enough. Back to Eddie, Eric, Ernie, Neil and me. There was a, little, there was a lovely little joke in there, when uh, Eric Morecambe says in uh, March, oh, I'd better take the Christmas tree down, yeah. um, uh, is w- w- putting words into the mouth of Eric Morecambe would be... I mean, one thing I do, I'm, I'm a, I'm a uh, Christian, and I occasionally write sketches and plays, but I can't put words into the mouth of Jesus that he didn't <laughs> say. For me, that's a problematic thing. But comedically, this is as close as it gets to that. <laughs> um, you know, you're putting jokes into the mouth yeah. of Eric Morecambe. Were you, were you using lines and jokes that he'd done in other things, or were some of them original? Or
1: No, I mean, I, I wrote that. I mean, it, but Eddie as well. I mean, even some of Eddie, there was a bed sketch. When we showed the first bed sketch, when they're in the bed, yeah. we just needed that, for various reasons, sketch to play out. Yeah. So I wrote Braben esque yeah. you know. <sighs> With uh, a lot of humility. Yeah. Probably poor Mads bremen certainly, but, but, you know, gags just to get that bed sketch yeah. out and then things like that. So you're writing in all their voices, but you just immerse yourself in yeah. the shows and interviews. and That's a real part, though, isn't it? Yeah, you just have to have yeah. a crack at it, really.
0: But, yeah, no, I think what's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes we... So the, just go back to then the play-like quality and then think of a question, and we'll, we'll, we'll do some questions because we've got about uh, ten minutes. Um, is... Essentially, we always just assume I mean, there's never enough money. And if you were doing it on BBC One, there still wouldn't be enough money. But the idea that you sort of had to strip it back, yeah. it just felt weirdly much more like uh, a play, but a play based on live performance, which is what they were. It just feels so suited to, to that relationship. Yeah.
1: It, um, and I think the rehearsal room yeah. as well, you know, that's very theatrical. Yeah. I mean, you could certainly see that being a sort of three man play. Yeah. Um, and that was where we got our performance yeah. in, really. But
0: Have you it, written much theatre?
1: Never. Okay, Never,
0: would no. that would this sort of thing push you into that,
1: or is it like... Uh, potentially, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, it, you, you could certainly... It's some of that, that sweet
0: theatre money,
1: oh yeah, Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. It comes rolling in, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. But, uh, no, I think there's something very theatrical with that, and I would point anyone interested, there's a fantastic, and I'm sure a lot of you know this, there's a great Omnibus documentary called Fool's Rush In, which is was I think it's seventy four potentially, and it was a, it was a Mark of a wise episode from Eddie's typewriter in Liverpool to the to the screen and the rehearsal room, yeah. and it's it's absolutely brilliant. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, it shouldn't be, but great. No, what, yeah, what's yeah, that? So yeah. I I stole good. stole from that with yeah. gusto, but yeah, yeah. God, YouTube's amazing, isn't it?
0: Um, so so yeah, so I mean. I'd happily sit here for a couple of days and talk. But uh, let's have some questions, if you've read it. Uh, yes? Uh, first, it's beautifully written.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Really. But
1: how ha- happy were you with the cast? Oh, fun. amazing, yeah. I mean, they're just... So many of those scenes, you know, that, that I mean, that argument scene, is. Yeah. I I find that really kind of emotional. And it, it it was a great argument in terms of just getting looking for really, really good actors and not getting caught up with physical resemblances you know which it just doesn't get you through the hour of largely drama yeah. it just doesn't get you there you know um and Mark Bonner he he said himself that he he didn't he just had a feeling that he could maybe do it but he, he couldn't didn't feel yeah. right he, he was aware of it not feeling right and he came in and auditioned and marked someone that I'm a huge admirer of but again it was a slight thing of god I can't believe Mark Bonner's coming to read for it but then a slight niggle of is it the great right actor and maybe the wrong part and then again he was just just brilliant And You sort of couldn't imagine anyone else doing it now I mean, No, that's the thing. It's, it's, I think he was great and Stephen obviously yeah. was brilliant Liz White his, his wife got yeah. so much out of a role which I think arguably I'd slightly underwritten yeah. um, and I think Neil Maskell I mean I think that almost is the hardest part uh, Ernie Wise, because Ernie's a really interesting character if you, Ernie Wise off stage is a real moving target you know you look on, on YouTube and interviews and he's voiced will just change you know i think it's good he'd been on stage from such a young age he'll do pebble mill and sound sort of american you know and then, and then you'll find a parkinson where it's when, once he's talking about his childhood at leeds he becomes very yorkshire and and he he's a he's a wee bit of a blank canvas whereas i think um eric there's so many little things that an actor can hang that on yeah physically in terms of the glasses and the pipe but just little ticks here and yeah, there yeah. So. and he sort of seems to know who he was maybe or you sorry. Eric, yeah, on Ernie, own skin, yeah. yeah. Whereas Ernie yeah. was, I'll be
0: whoever you want me to be as long as I can be famous.
1: Uh, yes, I think so. I think Eddie was a consummate performer, and uh, Ernie, sorry, and yeah. I think maybe, yeah, it like, it's not so much meat there. For and therefore, me. one
0: wanted and needed Hollywood, and the other one was just like, nah. no, exactly. Not, not frustrating. Um I mean, do remember a story being told. I talked to uh, once uh, in a in a pub Tony Roach, who wrote Holy Flying Circus. Um, and which is a which is a really good uh, treatment, really interesting and imaginative treatment of the life of Brian aftermath, and they had Charles Edwards playing um, uh, Michael Palin, and there, he's absolute dead ringer for him yeah. in, in every possible way, yeah. and um, I said to Tony, I mean, blimey, landed on your feet with Charles Edwards, he just said, yeah, we just didn't know whether he was right for it. We saw him quite a few times, and we just, and it's like. How? Yeah. What? But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you just don't see it. And then when you know, we walk into the polished product and just go, oh, there you go. Of course it was going to be Mark Bonner. Yeah. Who, you know, of yeah. but You would never, if you said who could play him, you would go, uh
1: oh, I mean and you definitely grow into it yeah. because you know, there's only so much work you and that you can ask yeah. an actor to do for an edition. And then, you know, once they know they've got it, it's yeah. when they really properly immerse them. Yeah, By the yeah. time it turns up. And the it. and the, the, the costume and the hair and everything
0: really sold that. Yeah, didn't I thought it, the well.
1: costume, I thought the design of the show The was colours incredible. are
0: fantastic as well. I know mean, yeah. a writer, a comedy writer talking about colours, it's just like, wow. Um, that's that's something that you say you find yourself grasping for when
1: you didn't enjoy it. But a lot of that <laughs> uh, a lot of the studio stuff was a. Uh, a wing of BBC Wales down in Cardiff that right. hasn't been touched since the seventies. So a lot of that was, was it's wow. there. You know, we didn't put, we didn't necessarily put in. So. <laughs> Great. Um,
0: any other uh, questions? Uh, yes, uh, you and then and then Lisa. Yes, you sir. Some of stuff that gets
1: cut. Was there anything that you really didn't want to cut that had to be cut, and how did you deal with that? I try to remember. Uh, it was probably about a year ago now we did the edit, but I think the. I actually think lengthwise we were probably not far off, largely because we didn't have the budget to go too much over. Yeah. You know, we didn't have it. It was oh god, I think it was 11 days maybe for an hour, which is not bad. But when it's periods, <laughs> when it's all the fiddly set ups, you know, like it, it's not like we had a really long first cut and brought it down. And I think Dan, Zeff, the director, did a fantastic job. There's a montage scene in the middle after the first um, breakdown, which is just, just brilliant. So yeah. I, I, I kind of. No, I think things we cut were probably all all good for for pace.
0: It's amazing what seems indispensable. That in the edit, you just go, you know, we don't don't need that. I mean, I remember we on Bluestone there was a there was a whole scene where we got to a, a fine cut and then we just went, why is why is that scene there? It's not doing anything, and we're slightly over. We'll just cut it. Yeah. And it took us, you know, yeah, nine three outlines, nine drafts, shooting it, it, two yeah. edits before we just went. If you took this took that out, nothing would change, and you know oh, that's gone. It's but it, you just can't see it. Um yes, sorry, that's a question about looks well, slightly um, you know, i be interested to hear about how you with Dan
1: when you, worked, when you handed over the script, how long were you on the floor? Uh, I'm, the I'm I'm kind of pretty hands on without hopefully being too annoying, but it's kind of it's uh, he Dan's very good, very collaborative. So Dan is Sorry, Dan Zeff, the director. He yes. also did the Hattie Jack one, and he's yeah. doing, he's done a well, all sorts of stuff. He's doing Holly Walsh's new show, I think the series. And um, he, you know, it, it's as you know, Lucy is that sort of balance, and you kind of. But 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 we live with a story for so long. I think when it's a one-off, it's almost even more collaborative. Like I don't think mm. a director's going, Christ, is this what it's going to be like for ten weeks? You know, it's more yeah. like you know, it's it's a real. We've got ten days to do this one story, and any. Help I can pull in on just condensing that process yeah. and quick bit of background and character I think it's it's probably helpful. Um, so there I was there for the for the for the whole shoot. But he, I, what I found interesting, with it being much more of a drama than I, I've done some since? But probably the first proper drama or towards drama I'd done was that you've definitely got less to do on the set as the writer than comedy. You know you know comedy you're constantly pitching lines and, and trying little lulls here and there but
0: and removing distractions as well I, I find yeah. a lot of it is just like oh, that is very If they now if you do that or that prop yeah. there it's going to make you think the joke's going to be about and that and it's
1: not yeah. so. and, and what Dan was very good with great advice he gave me he, he, he said um, just, he said let me just see what he does with this mm. scene if, if it's not particularly clear what the actor's position was within the scene Dan was always interested in seeing that first couple which I found really helpful as well yeah um, are there any more
0: uh, questions? Because I've got one more for you. Um, my question is a fairly obvious one, which is, what's next? Have you been tempted to do another this kind of thing, or you just rather go fresh, original? Or well, I've, d- I've done a
1: few Sky Playhouses, which are mm-hmm. sort of broadly the same area sort of this sort, true story-ish. Yeah. Um, and well, that's uh, interesting. So, uh, th- th- do you, do you feel that sometimes?
0: You know, the BBC they don't often make a lot of comedy about how funny the BBC used to be. Um, and you know, and they, they, they televised a Ben Elton lecture. You know, yeah. th- th- that new Ronnie Barker lecture. Because I'm sure Ronnie Barker would have loved nothing more than to televise people talking about comedy yeah. rather than an actual sure, comedy. Sure, yeah. Um, so, you know, there is a bit of a danger that we're kind of...
1: I think it depends. As long as you feel you're creating something new and a yeah. new story. And, you know, I think the Eddie Braben story was largely untold. Yeah. And I think it was a, a, a worthwhile story to tell and an interesting story to tell in its own right. Mm. Um, and the playhouses in Sky are a bit di- You know, they're slightly different. It's just like more twisted reality. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple thing. things. I've been offered quite a few in this area and I've tried to not take on too many, but I've got one or two in right. this area and then I've got... Hopefully. Are you allowed to say what any of them are, or not yet? Mm, probably not, no. okay. And then I've got, hopefully, a new show, which is looking possible. OK, but okay. great, brilliant.
0: Um, well, uh, I think we're done here. Thank you very much, Lee, for coming, but thank you very much, Neil. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.